resident engineering challenges and lighting specialist to arc residential Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. This week, Samantha Ventura joins us from Indianapolis, where she is Senior VP of Education and Training at CEDIA, the Global Association for the Home Technology Industry. Though Sam has had a profound impact on the CEDIA community for the past three and a half years, she will soon be taking a step back from the industry and corporate life to focus on writing and lecturing. Before her CEDIA tenure ends officially on October 8th, I wanted Sam to jump back on the podcast to discuss the current state of industry training, her impressions from her time at CEDIA, and what she hopes the future holds for her and the industry. Samantha Ventura, great to see you again. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I'm, I'm always very grateful for the time we have together. Well, I doubt you realize this or frankly really care, but you're now <laughs> in the exclusive two-time guest club. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That really, that actually makes it even better. So thank you. <laughs> well, uh, my, my good friend, um, fellow industry writer and custom integrator, John Siaka really takes this two timer club thing seriously. He made himself a membership card yeah. <laughs> and, well, and a fake jacket for his uh, second time on the podcast. It was a, it was a bit of fun. He was having with it based on, uh, the old Saturday night live, uh, five time <laughs> Uh, host thing, but uh, yes, challenge accepted. The teacher <laughs> and me will uh, have something uh, spun up by tomorrow. You'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I was. Um, I have to say that I was pretty, uh, pretty bummed out when I, I learned earlier in September that that you were leaving Cedia, just because I felt like um, you're such an influential uh, woman in the industry, first of all, but also just the importance of education in our industry, and that you seem to be doing so much good good work. Uh, and I knew that you would definitely be missed uh, ha having, uh, you know, leaving um, and, and going on to new adventures, but uh, also happy for you and, and excited mm -hmm. for what you have uh, planned. I want to talk about that for sure. Um, you and I actually met almost right at the beginning of your yes. tenure at Cedia. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I was there at Cedia headquarters, the old headquarters, to have lunch with Dave Pedigo. Yes. Yeah, the former VP of Emerging Technology, and now CEO of RLX Acoustics, and he was uh, he was bragging on you and saying this this is going to be just a great uh, hire. Sam comes with all this education and uh, organizational leadership uh, background, and it's just going to be great for CD. And I think think he he nailed it. You you have been, and um, I I just want to maybe go backward a little bit and talk about what, what your background had been actually leading into CD and why he was so excited about you joining the organization. Well, I love Dave and he hired me and I knew right from the beginning that um, this would not be an easy transition for me only because I didn't know the industry. It's probably the first time that I'd been hired in somewhere uh, where that was to be true. And instead they really wanted me to infuse my background into uh, what they were trying to do strategically. And I was excited by that. But more than that, I loved his energy. It was very infectious. So that's wonderful to hear that. I feel the same about him. And I was really excited to work with him. Um, my background specifically uh, started in education. And so for the last 26 years, in some facet or another, I've been in education, whether leadership, in the classroom. Um, the first classroom I ever taught in was four and five-year-old um, developmentally delayed students, all the way up to, my, I think, my oldest 
I would, uh, I don't remember how they phrased it, but they didn't say oldest when they, when I was teaching them, but the oldest student I've ever had was in an English 100 class at 82 years old. Oh, wow. So you can see the large, very, uh, a large gamut of just, just different abilities and different people. Um, but also working for, I worked for the department of ed for a while. I was a consultant doing organizational leadership and also designing out diversity and inclusion for, um, uh, large and small organizations. So my background has been very varied. I came from California and then ended up in Indiana, and I taught at IU um, as an adjunct for a long time. And uh, I just love every single thing about uh, designing wonderful programs. And then I also enjoy teaching as well and writing. So um, yeah, you name it, and, and I love to do it when it comes to education. And that's why Cedia was such a good fit, because there's always something to be done and always someone new to meet um, and always another class we want to pursue in development. Well, I, I know that there had been so much effort put into the education for Cedia. Um, what were some of those early observations as far as maybe, hey, this is hey, right on target the way you're doing this? And oh, wait, now here's something that I really can bring to this table. Even though I'm learning the tech side of it and understanding the industry, um, my, my experience says this is going to be a nice little addition. What, what would you say? Some of those early observations, if you can recall that. Well, been. when I absolutely when I first started, I was blown away by the level of intelligence and just uh, the industry experience that we had from our volunteers. Absolutely amazing. Um, and I was in awe of what they had already brought to the table and put into development. I mean, just hours upon hours of wonderful uh, developments of different classes from the business side to the tech side. What I noted, though, was the idea of how to scale that was not necessarily put in place probably when it should have been a few years ago. However, if you think about CD's background, um, you know, we merged with the UK, we sold the show in the US. There was a lot of different things that had happened that to me made it seem much more like almost a startup in some ways. That was exciting, but also very, very daunting. And so to get processes in place, to get some of that scaling in place, um, to bring a learning management system in, to have that accessibility and that reach to our other regions, that was really important to me, but it's not as easy as what it sounds. And then to recognize also that we needed to update a lot of our classes. And I think um, it would be remiss of me to say that it's a missed opportunity when you also don't diversify what you're offering in terms of the level within the industry, but also just in terms of who your audience is. So recognizing that, you know, when the the phrase you can, you know, you can be it if you see it, we need to show more within our classes and also within um, those who are speaking on behalf of Cedia, what the industry really looks like and what we would like it to look more like in the next few years. So diversity and inclusion was something that needed to be absolutely a focal point um, um, from a best practices standpoint, and we've implemented that as well within our classes now that we put out there. Well, um, interim co-CEO uh, Giles Sutton sent a notice to the staff when when you uh, were announcing that you were leaving. And um, I, I think that uh, all too often people in the industry maybe don't realize the hard work that goes on behind the scenes at Cedia uh, from staff and from volunteers and all the education work that, that goes into everything. And um, I, I was really pleased to see Giles really just lay out all of the, the accomplishments that you'd been involved with. And I know you don't probably want to take credit for everything. It was just mm -hmm. things that happened while you were there, your three and a half years. And, and I'd love to go through some of that, not to put, put you in an awkward spot to brag about yourself, but just to really kind of draw more attention to folks who don't necessarily understand or value what it is that Cedia does. Um, the first item that he mentioned um, was that you 
led that organization of reimagining the online learning delivery. Mm -hmm. um, can you go into a little bit more about the Cedia Academy LMS, the learning management system, and and how that does bring together the uh, the international organization and the ability to learn, uh, I guess, uh, online? Sure. And, you know, I, as a teacher for as many years as I've been, I will always say that I teach much better in person. But I've also recognized that it is uh, a little limiting when you recognize that you can't be in all places at all times. So an online system uh, such as the Academy and a real learning management system um, we use Absorb offers such a wonderful experience when done correctly with true instructional design and really best practices for online learning to bring those classes to life for those who cannot be there in person. Um, but it was never our goal to put everything online and then call it a day. And it was never our goal to just do that and say, well, now we have education out there, so that's it. Um, it was always our goal to do a hybrid, which was we would do what we could online to make as much learning as accessible as possible around the globe and then we would try to bring um, to life some of those in-person experiences, whether at our conference conferences like at ISE or at Expo or other times that we're um, speaking on behalf of CD at industry partners events. We bring then the second part that often we can't do online as much um, of the networking or the in-person components where those are the things that are just invaluable. We have our, you know, some of our people coming to take classes with us and when they can hear from an industry expert on something that you can't put a price tag on that. Mm -hmm. So we, I never wanted to lose that part of it, but I wanted to definitely do what I just said, which is scale the program in a way that could make the reach uh, more accessible to more people. Um, I didn't realize it would be quite as daunting mm -hmm. as it was. And I think that really is because we have a wide variety of levels within our industry in terms of how um, educated some have been already versus maybe um, some who came through city education years ago and maybe has not come to take education with us again. And so it was a credibility thing also recognizing that, you know, this is not the education that you were used to before. Um, that was good. This is, in I would say, in some ways better. And it's also recognizing that to stay relevant, you always have to be updating things along the way. Um, the last part, I'm, you know, I'm super proud of this entire team, all those accomplishments. Giles is a wonderful person. And to say those things, it was, it touched my heart. I, I can't even tell you, it was an amazing thing to read. That was a team effort. I have the best team. I have never worked with a stronger team. I look at them every single day. And that was one of the main reasons why it was so difficult to make this decision to leave. Um, but they were on track from the very, very beginning, even down to us saying, I, I can't offer something in the UK that's US centric, US focused. It has to be localized. So it has to be in the product roadmap that the final step isn't even the localization. That's in the middle. Then we get through the best practices of now making sure that it's been peer reviewed and edited. So all of those things became part of this huge holistic understanding of this is a skilled trade in, in, in many ways. We want to professionalize it every single step of the way. We want to make sure it's accessible for everybody and it's relevant. Um, and we want to make sure that we are part of the right side of history with this. We are going to continue to push the envelope on why and how and more of what people need to know. And I firmly believe that that's why I had so many people come on the boat with me, as opposed to thinking, well, she's from education. She's not from the industry. What does she know? Um, so I've been very, very blessed to have a lot of buy-in from a lot of people along the way who've been in the industry 30, 40 years, and that made it a lot easier. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I find with the veterans of the industry that aren't cynical. They, they are supportive. I mean, you know, there, there are those out there that just don't don't want to mm-hmm. participate or do anything. But there's so many that, that just are really passionate about this industry and, and sharing their knowledge and helping to develop these best practices and guide, guidelines and training courses and things. And so mm-hmm. to blend that with how do you implement it and, and what are the tools to get it out there uh, is a great uh, combination. You also had the opportunity to see this new beautiful headquarters facility mm-hmm. um, built in your time as part of the team there. And some of that in person initially, of course, was great. But then we had COVID and mm-hmm. you you were fortunate that you, you had been developing this online platform because yes. you kind of had to depend on it there for a stretch. And Finally, getting back into some more uh, in-person stuff. I know that you've got the uh, the tech summits uh, starting up in October in person. Um, yes. That's a, a Cedia education platform as well, correct? Yes. Um, some different things are offered every single year. And this year, there's a um, they have a really good slate of offerings that they're going to be bringing. Um, that was not overseen by my team through education. Um, that was through the business development team with some consultation with my team. Okay. Um, but yes, we do offer really good educational experiences at the tech summits as well. Um, and next year in 2022, we just worked on the product roadmap uh, for that year for next year coming up. And um, once again, a lot of it will be uh an organic transition through some of the topics, what we call the life cycle of the topic, where it starts here. And then you can see it culminate through a lot of different things that we do, whether at the tech summits, at uh, Expo, um, in the LMS, uh, in in the Academy. Um, So one topic would be, you know, lighting, and we're going to explore it all the way across. And so that's what we tried to do. COVID really... Again, what a wonderful working team. I cannot tell you how many working leaders we have on this team. That's really what made the difference. And to understand that we had to pivot so many different times through COVID and we were hopeful this next, this last year would be, you know, even that much better. And we just went through Expo and we saw that was tough. I mean, we just, you can never prepare for something like this. And so you're right. Having the um, online environment for learning was a godsend that we had gotten it up as quick as we did. Well, with those late changes to the way uh, Expo had to pivot, there was just no time to really respond mm-hmm. to to things um, being compressed down so much and keeping the show going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that some classes were were adjusted. Um, were you what, what were you able to accomplish out of that event uh, for in person uh, education? Even though a lot of it did have to get scaled back. Well, we, I was really proud of our offerings. We kept pretty true to what we had. We did lose um, a few. And then those instructors were so wonderful to say, well, we will do something for the online. Um, some of them even did the, what we called the, you know, the hybrid, which was something taped that they could offer out at, you know, and you could watch it anytime. And even when you were at Expo. Um, and so we had a really, really good offering, despite the fact that our best intentions was to have an in-person con- uh, conference, but to still have a virtual element. In fact, even before when we thought, oh, 2021, we're going to be at home, you know, in Indy, this is going to be an amazing event. We're still going to offer something online because we saw in 2019 that there's, you know, an audience for that. And we always wanted to do that better anyway. But we really thought we were still going to be able to do so much more in person. Thank goodness we had planned for the virtual as well, because then we weren't starting from scratch. Um, and so, again, this team being able to pivot so much of the time, I I look at the hours that they put in and this is time away from their families. This is time, you know, that that just 
there was nothing written in stone. So I ha- my hat is always off to this education team because again, I've never worked with better working leaders in my life, such smart people, um, and just truly dedicated to CEDIA, to our members and to the industry. Um, so I'm really proud of what we offered. And I thought at the end of the day, it was still very valuable from the online to the in-person. We will continue our conversation with Samantha Ventura after the break. For 25 years, Leon has been dedicated to creating innovative products that mix art with audio and design with technology. Knowing that technology is an integral part of modern interior design, Leon's collection of customizable speakers and technology concealment solutions is designed to deliver both sound and style to any space. From signature sound bars that seamlessly blend in with the display to art and frames that turn your TV into a work of art, Leon's products are built to order and handcrafted just for you to ensure a perfect match every time. Visit www.leonspeakers.com to learn more. Welcome back. I'm Residential Tech Today Executive Editor Jeremy Glowacki, and I'm talking with Samantha Ventura, Senior VP of Education and Training at Cedia. Um, Sam, the other one of the other items that uh, Giles um, noted in his uh, letter about you was the redesigned Cedia Outreach Instructor Training um, Program and adding the online and hybrid to that as well. I, I've always been a huge fan of of this concept of the outreach instructor. Um, can you remind those who don't know what that is, what it is, and what you were able to um, bring to that to enable it to be that hybrid or online um, version? Sure. So this is my most loved program, and I, I was just so blessed to be able to work on it from start to finish. Um, our outreach instructor program is something that I think is one of our best member benefits. And really it is just to be able to come through the program, become certified, and then you have the ability to go out, um, provide different CEU units to um, uh, different organizations and different groups. You learn how to network better. It's basically a, a tool to be able to showcase what you know, your talents, and then provide credits to people who are willing and able to sit with you for you to teach different classes that we have through our COI program. Um, and Originally, when I started, somebody said to me, do you think this is something that can go online? I said, I think parts of it can go online and I think they could be expanded upon. But the in-person component is really, really where the networking between the COIs, the potential COIs, where they come together and meet, they present, we get, you know, scorecard out, we grade, we talk to them. But I redesigned it in a way so that that element of it would take from start to finish somebody to really look at their talents as a communicator. So this, the thing that I love about designing classes is it should never just be you come and it's a one and done and then you walk away and I learned something and now I'm finished. I like classes to expand much more than that. So if I design them, I want you to come and say, I never knew I would be able to get so much of this and this in this class. And so when you come to the COI class, you learn how to communicate better, how to showcase your talents. We go through adult learning theory. If you're going to be speaking to someone, um, what what can you focus on of that person? Or how do you um, hit all learning styles when you're presenting something? It should translate into your personal relationships. If you are finding that communicating is something that's a little difficult for you, um, it's pretty much probably true that it's professional and personal. So we work on some of those elements to make it um, a more well-rounded and holistic experience. 
when it moved to the fully online, um, that was tough. But again, it was in order to meet the needs of where we can't be at all places at all times. And because of COVID, we still had such a demand for this class. In fact, we had a waiting list. And so for us, it was like, we need to make this even better. So I went back to the drawing board and figured out how can we add elements in for the class to make it um, hit as many possible points as possible, you know, as they're coming to us uh, virtually. And then again, I always say to any of my CYs, you're grandfathered in. If you want to come back and take the class with me in person, I want you to come back in. Um, because if you only took it virtually, again, you didn't have the experience in person. But one of my most favorite experiences in the three and a half years was teaching a two-day really long, it was a proof of concept class for the COIs, the potential COIs in India. And this particular group was so amazing and and absolutely so into it to become a COI. And we went through the full day and then the next day they did all their presentations and we just learned from so, so much from each other and I learned so much from them as well. To me, it was just such a valuable experience. And then they become that ambassador of this program to everybody else. It's like, this is not just great for me as a business owner going out as a COI this is a great member benefit because it helps, again, us learn how to do so much more and present ourselves so much better and make these great connections and network and make these sales, um, but also just feel more comfortable speaking in general. Um, so I just love the program altogether, and I'm really, really proud of it. And it's designed in so many ways now that we can offer it different ways as well, which before we were kind of bound to just what we were doing, which was the all day in person eight hours. Mm. Um, so offering the part online that we could let us have as much time in person still, and then adding the virtual element for those extra pieces about adult learning and, and audience awareness and all those great things. First of all, the, the, to learn about the, the way that you um, inform and educate on learning styles for adults is showing your value as an educator right out of the gate. There's, that, that's really cool. Um, second, I, I just, I, from the beginning, well before your tenure, that this, this program just seemed to me to be the most valuable thing. I agree with you. Um, and, and becoming ambassadors uh, for the industry uh, and, and creating a, a way that they're, they're trained ambassadors now, even though they're in the industry, they may not know how to explain it the best way or mm -hmm. to teach um, their partners things about it and, and to be able to empower them to do that. It just it, it expands the reach of our industry, expands the reach of Cedia. Um, and there's, there are just too many still out there that don't even know that Cedia or Cedia installers exist. And this is just a great ambassadorship program, I think, for for that with the with the other trades. But uh, really, really cool that, that it's able to be broken up like that now. And and if you have to do online, you do it. Um, what um, you, you were also instrumental in the development of the CIT and IST learning pathways. Um, I, I know a little bit about this, but if you could maybe uh, revisit that for our audience to, to let them know why these are important certification pathways? Sure. So one thing that we noticed when we first started laying out what we were going to do in the redesign of our programs was we wanted to create certifications that would go back to this idea of having stackable credentials. So if you look at the strategy of Cedia, um, especially right after we sold the show, we really wanted to focus on education being our top priority um, educating the industry, making sure that we were there um, to, you know, answer the call for a lot of different groups and different organizations and firms that would say to us, well, you know what, we just need more technicians. And so we 
thought from start to finish, what would it look like to be taking what we already had, going through the JTA, the job task analysis, looking through it and saying, what needs to go into these to say, we would feel very, very comfortable with a new technician going through these two programs, getting certified in both, and now that they go out on their way. Um, We felt that this would do that from that perspective across the industry. Um, We also felt that adding um, an online component in addition to the hands-on would be wonderful as well. So we then elongated, elaborated, expanded, and moved into having the in-person be the second part of it. So you can come and do the CIT school with us and then the IST. So before we used to try to do everything in one boot camp. And you can imagine that means the in-person was a teaching moment that was in a classroom and then the hands-on was in a training facility. Now we still do some of the classroom as a review, but you can go through so much more online and learn those things at your own pace. Talk about adult learning for some people who, um, you know, either are too busy or they love to take it in and then have it time to absorb it. I mean, all of our classes have existing reference manuals that go along with them as well. So you have the online class, you have an actual printout that you can use as well, and you get to go then in person for the second part of the training um, in the facility. So it just offered the best of both worlds. Then looking at those, we recognized, you know, these are foundational to the industry. We're really excited about putting them out, but our challenge as an education team then goes to the business owners and saying, you told us you wanted new technicians, more technicians, you wanted them trained. And then it became very clear to me, we needed to challenge as an organization, our business owners and our industry in general, now you need to support our technicians. So we're providing a really good model of what professional development is. Now you need to work with the technicians and lay out what this means from a year, two years, three years. What do I do to invest in you? Otherwise we lose them to the CS world, the computer science world. You know, they're going to go get hired at Amazon, at Salesforce or something somewhere else, even if they'd want to come to our industry. They want to know that there's some longevity in it. So I feel like we've done a really good job of putting our, you know, our money where our mouth is and providing wonderful education. Now we need the industry to take the baton, work with us to diversify, work with us to support everybody coming into the industry and do a really good job of of making this a viable career opportunity with true professional development opportunities that are supported as a real organizational you know, goal and a support across the industry. Um, so just really proud of what those two are. And we are very excited about, you know, now supporting this real holistic look at if I tell you, you go through CIT and IST and you pass those two certifications, I feel fully confident that you really know, um, the breadth of knowledge for this stackable credential program to know what you're talking about as a new technician in the industry. Yeah. And for years, our industry has has had the challenge of not being able to find uh, people. And now it's a challenge for for almost every business um, in our current state of the world. Um, And one of those ideas is you don't necessarily find someone that is specifically uh, a smart home technician minded person, but maybe someone who has a bit of a technical bent or um, curiosity and to, to develop that person into the person you want. And, and what you're providing here is that educational element to get someone started who just comes in with, mm-hmm. with a technical uh, ability, um, but not any prior knowledge. Um, so, so that, that's, that's a great, uh, option and it, it allows a lot more flexibility. It sounds like for those who are looking mm-hmm. for people, um, right. at, at least the starting in the starting position. So, um, I, I know you mentioned before your your 
experience prior to Cedia in the diversity inclusion side of things. And I recently read your installation magazine article about that topic where you you did quote um, our mutual friends, Heather Sidorowitz, Amanda mm-hmm. Wildman, and um, Jamie Briesmeister, who are mm-hmm. just uh, doing great work and representing yes. women owners in this industry. Um, and uh, I know that we have a, a challenge with the with diversity in general and and male female balance also as part of that um what are some of the challenges that you see the industry facing getting women into these tech roles and leadership positions in the industry i think it's just years of already you know the tried and true method um you know if it ain't broke don't fix it and you know if you if you are in a in a meeting with me, I will often say, but it is broke. <laughs> so let's go back. Um, those three women are amazing friends of mine and amazing um, contributors to things that we've done since the three and a half years I've been there, but well before I started. Um, one of them is a former uh, board member and two of them are current board members. They're very actively involved in so much of what we do. Um, and I admire their uh, tenacity and also just their industry experience. And I think, um, you know, some people would disagree with me because we come at it from different places. And, and I will hear often that when they come in, you know, a woman comes into a room or somebody of color comes into a room in the industry and, you know, we should never note it. We shouldn't, you know, it should just yeah. be like everybody else. Um, I tend to disagree. And instead I say, it's okay to note it in a way to make it more known for others. Because again, when you can see it, you can be it. Um, it doesn't mean that you bring it to light in a way that differentiates it in, um, you know, that it, it's not necessarily going to become the norm or it's something that's um, unusual in a way that is uh, significantly, you know, disruptive. Instead, it's more highlighting in a way that they become ambassadors through who they are as individuals and their accomplishments, that it becomes a, a talking point. And I've said often to my own team, please, when we are when we are getting ready to, to put something out or we're going to do our own podcast or we're going to do our own class, I love the people that we use as our volunteers. They are absolutely fantastic. But in order to always strengthen the industry, we we should continue to use them. And then we should require or support them going and pulling someone else along with them. Yeah. Somebody that we may not have known before, whether female or somebody of color, somebody a lot younger, somebody a lot older, mm-hmm. even somebody from our sister industries. We need to be able to support a more a diverse and broad sense of what we are speaking about, the topics we are being informed about, um, and the perspectives. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. He uh, He's in our industry, sort of. He does a little bit of what we do and a little bit of other things, too. And I said, you know, here's the thing. When you're when you're hiring, what are your, your hiring methods even? And he said, well, I kind of, you know, I will talk to other people and, and we'll hire in of who we know because I really trust who they are. And, and I said, well, then you end up hiring the same circle over and over and over again. So you can talk to people that you know, that's wonderful. And then when you talk to the other ones that they know, you need to ask them as well. You should always be working on even your hiring practices of who you're bringing into the fold because your businesses are actually that much stronger when you have a diverse voice coming from the experience and also what they're speaking on. And also your customer base is expecting that as well. To me, it's very tone deaf now to say, oh, this is something that we're just going to start focusing on. No, this is something that should have already been implemented a long time ago. We're actually behind the curve. So um, I think we need to catch up. We need to do better. And I don't think 
largely people are opposed to this. It's just that change makes people nervous. Mm -hmm. It's not the change. It's the emotional attachment to what they've already known and what they've always done. Um, but that doesn't make it right. So we need to not so gently anymore. We need to move into you know, the 21st century and we need to support a more diverse industry. Um, and it starts with us. So again, I'm challenging everybody when we have some of the things that we're doing, we need to turn and ask others who have always supported the industry to bring others into the fold as well. Um, it won't get better if we're still in the same circle over and over and over again. Um, so it takes a village with this. Yeah, that, that's an excellent message. And it's a challenging um, situation that, that everyone faces. And, and it is going to make people work a little harder than maybe they're um, comfortable doing because they're already working so hard on other things, but, mm -hmm. but it does require that effort. And, um, and I see it everywhere I go in our industry. It's just, it's one type of person at this, at these events or in, and the, the diversity is, is on one hand of the number of people that you see that are either female or, um, uh, of a, of a different ethnicity or color. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's definitely, we've got a long way to go for sure. You're right about mm -hmm. that. Um, I, I wanted to just close um, uh, with a little bit of a look ahead for you. I, I don't know how much you are willing to share about your future plans, but um, you, you've obviously done a lot of writing and you teach um, about, you teach in English, have taught English courses and at the university level. So that's obviously a passion of yours. Um, what, what are you uh, hoping to, to do with your, your new uh, uh, future here, uh, your near-term future outside of Cedia. I thought you were going to say your newfound freedom. And it does feel <laughs> a little bit like that because I want to say that for all of us as leaders that have gone through COVID, it's been a it's been a, a rocky road because personally and professionally, it's been very difficult to navigate. Um, there's an accountability here. There's a responsibility to get things out. We, you know, we focus on our members so much. We as a team, we we needed to be there 24-7. But I'm also looking at a very wonderful, hardworking team that needs to be there for their family, needs to worry and think about their own mental health. So as a leader, I, you know, my hat is off to everybody listening right now that's a leader, and actually everybody's a leader in, in different forms and facets every day. Um, and that was, for me, my final driving factor was, you know, I'm 48 years old. I'm going to be turning 50 very quickly. I would like to spend more time with my children. They are adult children, 24 and turn, getting ready to turn 22. I would like to go back to doing more writing. I wrote for O'Reilly Media for a while. I'd like to do something else with them. Um, maybe potentially do my guest lecturing again, um, either in, in uh, leadership or in um, uh, English. Um, this would have been my you know, 26th year and I stopped teaching at the college level a little over a year ago. I just couldn't, a year and a half ago, I used to do an online class even because I couldn't give it up. And I had to because of COVID. It was like, I just, I'm, I'm really, really busy. This is, you know, CDS Strong came as a as a campaign that we were doing, and it's like something had to go off uh, the the plate. Um, so I'm excited about doing that, and and also some volunteer work. You know, we have a group here in Indiana um, called Agape. It is a, a wonderful organization that works with um, developmentally disabled. Um, children and adults, everyone of all ages, and it uses horse and equine therapy. And so I'm going tonight, I have a, I'm, I have a, my seven o'clock volunteer time. And that's a group that I have always loved being involved with. And now I get to do more of that too. So um, when they say, at, you know, 20 years old, the world is your oyster, I guess they could say it at almost 50 as well. And, um, um, you know, just excited about just taking a little bit of a break and kind of going back to my first love of, of teaching and, and we will see. Um, but I'm not out of the industry altogether. I will always support any way I can. And I've told a lot of different people that as well, that 
um, you know, happy to, to ever step in and, and help with anything that needs it as a volunteer. Um, I've loved this industry. It's been really good to me for three and a half years. And the friends that I've met, you and everybody else has just, they've just been amazing for me. So um, I, I plan on still uh, keeping in touch and, and being active, actively involved, even from afar until somebody might need me. But yeah, I'm not gone for good. Well, Sam, thanks for taking the time to chat today. And I hope that we cross paths again in your future work or even locally. We, we do live in the same city, essentially. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll find a chance to get together uh, in the future. I hope so. For the next few days, at least, um, Samantha Ventura is the Senior VP of Education and Training at Cedia. Search for her on LinkedIn if you'd like to send you uh, send her your thanks for a job well done at Cedia, or simply uh, to wish her well in her future endeavors. That wraps up today's show. If you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the weekly podcast and consider rating and reviewing us on your favorite platform. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the bi-monthly print or digital magazine and to the Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. Residential Residential